Hi, and welcome to Mouse Chat. I'm Lisa, and joining me, I've got Brenda, Sharpie, and Steve. Welcome back, Lisa. Kanichi. Howdy, Lisa. Kachu. Kanichiwa. Hey, y'all. Hey. Kanichiwa. How you say it? Kanichiwa. Sure. Kanichiwa. I'm just making up words. Yeah. Um, the only two. Happy to have you back safely. Thank you. Me too, because that is a big trip, and you know it brings up concerns. But I, I was happy to have two phrases under my belt: konnichiwa and arigato. So that's all I can handle. Did, did, how, how much did you hear arigato gozaimasu? Oh, I don't know. That that we we that was something that we I didn't expect to hear. What was that but, like? but it's like basically like. It's from what I have been able to find, it's basically like a very friendly thank you very much. Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Um, anything that wasn't arigato or konnichiwa just glossed over me because <laughs> it didn't compute. Um, so, d- did you ride the trains? Yes. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, we didn't even introduce this. Look at us jumping right in. Uh, oh, well, we're, I'm just like, I'm just like dying to know because yes, yes. your itinerary was phenomenal. It, it was good. And it was different than what some people expect. Um, okay. So I just got back from Japan. I did a National Geographic expedition. Um, those are adventures and expeditions that we can book through Disney um, so if you're familiar with adventures by Disney, this is kind of, it's kind of like a kitty corner jump. It's, it's, um, maybe a jump up and a little to the side. So it is different, but, um, because it's got that Nat Geo National Geographic angle to it, um, it's, it's a lot more unique. So, and I can't, I haven't done the Adventures by Disney Japan, but maybe I'm going to have to. Mm. You may have to. Mouse chat trip. That sounds awesome. I I would be, I would highly consider that trip. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. So I have pulled up the itinerary so that I know exactly what I did. And I'm going to try my best to tell you about it without boring you to death, without giving you too many details. But um, Steve's going to help keep me on track because he's like, you're going to rattle on and on and on because there was so much going on. Um, But I'm going to use my photos as a cue and then the itinerary and then Sharpie, you've got experience out there. So we're going to bond over this. So Um, I'm going to ask you a a first few questions just to kind of classify this trip. Okay. How many people were on the trip? In our group, we had 18 plus a um, senior tour guide and a secondary tour guide. Plus, we picked up local experts in different cities that were daytime, like day tour guides or advisors. Oh, and we had a full-time National Geographic photographer. Nice. Uh-huh. And, and how many days from the time that you joined the group until the time that the tour ended, how many days was your expedition? It was an 11 day trip, including arrival day and departure day. So, so you, you basically had nine days fully in destination. Yes. From correct. wake up to bed. 
And believe me, it was wake up to bed. <laughs> and and how many of those of of that 11, 11 days total, nine days in destination? Yes. How many times did you change hotels? Oh, um, okay. Let me count real quick because I want to say we had a total of six hotels. We did a pre-night. Um, just to make sure we were there on time um, and we didn't have any hiccups. So that's great. We did have a hotel for that. So it doesn't really count. That was like from day zero to day one of arrivals. Um, but if you count that, that's one. And then we had a hotel in Kyoto. We had one in Montcoya. We had one in uh, Aya Valley. That was two nights. And then Naoshima and uh, Hiroshima. How many was that? Was that five? That's five. Okay. Not counting your not counting your pre-stay. Okay. So five. Nice. And and this your itinerary was it the it was the inside Japan tour? Yes, inside Japan. Okay. And the idea behind this tour was um it was supposed to be a little bit off the beaten path. Uh, we did not go to Tokyo. Uh, we did hit some bigger cities in Japan, but we didn't hit Tokyo. And it was just like the um, the advertisements or the hype says, I can't tell you how many hours of standing in line that we saved because of the preparation and the planning and the privilege, three Ps, I guess, of yeah. being associated with this National Geographic Expeditions Tour um, or Expedition Tour Adventure. Um, we started off in Osaka uh, for our uh, arrival, and then we were picked up. We had to go back to the airport for our pickup. We went to the airport, and we had a private transfer. It was about an hour and a private transfer to Kyoto. And when we got to Kyoto, it was, in fact, the arrival day. We had an 11 o'clock pickup, got there around 12, 1230. And um, so I went with Kristen. She's another pixie. And we, we, okay, I will just come out and say it without shame. On the way to the hotel, very close to the hotel, we saw a Disney store. And so... Oh. We went back out and it took us about 10 minutes to walk to the Disney store. And um, it was located on a, a strip that had lots of shops. So we walked out to the Disney store, did our shopping, and, um, and then walked back hitting the different shops. Well, there was also a marketplace. And within the marketplace, we... You know, we didn't know what to shop for. We didn't want to shop heavy on the first day. Um, and and we wanted to just experience things. So it was a lot of pictures. Well, we found a cat cafe. Okay, so yes, let's go <laughs> do the cat cafe. And we did. And we got to feed the cats little um, cat milk popsicles. They love those. We need to figure out how to make those. And um, so we spent 30 minutes because they charge by your time. Um, and they call it a cafe because they provide free beverages. 
at this point, it's still very early in the trip. We didn't know what these beverages were. So we're like, okay, we'll try this one. <laughs> and, um, and so we got to hang with the cats. And then we went walking around some more, checked out some different shops. And then, holy cow, we came across a pig cafe. Uh oh. Oh, we did the pig cafe. <laughs> did you squeal? <laughs> we squealed with delight. Don't mean to hog the spotlight or anything, but it was amazing. They were so cute. I saw the videos. They were adorable. They yeah. were like little baby pigs. They were little baby pigs. And by the time we, it was about 4 10, 4 15, and we had to, you know, we didn't have an appointment. So we signed up and they said, okay, we can get you in at 4 30. And of course, waivers and uh, all the fun stuff. Well, 4.30 just happened to be feeding time. So we got the best time slot. Nice. And uh, they take us upstairs. Uh, By the way, there are obviously no regulations on stair heights and steps because they were very narrow and very tall. And so you had to walk up sideways. It was almost like going up a ladder. But Uh, yeah, because we have feet. Yeah, and we have they, real they, feet here. They, yeah. they, they make full use of two, three, four, five, six-story buildings, and sometimes the passage between floors is sketchy at best. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes. So we get up to our little area, and uh, there were four spots. So um, essentially, it was four couples, but there was one lady next to us who was a solo. So there were seven of us in the room. And then they started bringing in the pigs. Uh, and they were babies. They were small. There were, they did bring in some bigger ones later. And they just run around. You sit down on the floor and uh, they put a blanket over you so that you don't get dirty from pig feet or pig slobber. And, you know, I thought they'd just be walking around and snorting and sniffing and no they come and sit on your lap they want to snuggle so you know the first pig finds your lap and you're all excited and then another one comes and snuggles his buddy pig friend and um (laughs) at one point I did have four young pigs on my lap and they were a pile it was my legs were outstretched and it was so amazing petting these pigs. And um, so I can't spend too much time on one thing, but oh my God, the pigs were amazing. But <laughs> after, you were hogging the pigs. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, at first, Kristen was like the pig whisperer because she had the first <laughs> two pigs and the little girl across from us didn't have any pigs. We're like, go over there. Go, go, go. Um but with the feeding time and all that, uh, we started with four pigs. We each had a pig um, with a pig dish, and that worked out wonderfully. But uh, they had a vending machine with, again, cold beverages. Um, Kristen got a cold hot chocolate, and it, it is just that. It tastes like a cold hot chocolate. Hmm. So it has a different taste than a, a Yoohoo or something like that. But mm-hmm. um, okay, so pigs, done with pigs. I'm going to. Look at my phone so that I can go through some of these photos. Um, the room that we had, it was right across from the airport. It was $60 a night and it was very modest, but it had two beds. It, ha- it was perfectly functional. 
Uh, and that's the thing with Japan. And, and you'll find this all over the country. There are what, what I would consider having been in the travel industry as long as I have to be tier two hotels. Mm-hmm. But unlike yeah. tier two hotels in the U.S. where you, it's really sketchy, every every property that we – like we only stayed in maybe two properties that were like really higher end hotels. The rest of them – like the one hotel, honest to goodness, had not been renovated since the 1960s or 70s, mm-hmm. probably shortly after it was built. Uh, but it was absolutely spotless. Mm-hmm. and. It was it was incredible. I mean, we had like a full we had we had a, a three bedroom apartment. Oh wow! And, nice. and it was averaged about eighty five dollars a night. Bang! And it was in yeah. the perfect part of town for us. Yeah, it's important to realize there's a difference between um, a star rating and a customer rating. C- um, correct. So a star rating um, evaluates the level of accommodations. And then when you look at the customer review, that more gets into service and cleanliness and, uh, you know, the level of being updated and stuff like that. So uh, there is definitely a different difference in in the ratings that you you can get a two star hotel if it has a clean bed and a shower. Why not? Um, so anyway, um Again, looking at my photos, we did stop at a McDonald's. We were very curious. Kristen's daughter had mentioned that they have a different uh, list of menu items. And so we looked at that and Kristen got a, it was a raspberry shake and it had sprinkles and, and like a raspberry sauce, but it also had a strawberry macaron. So, I mean, this is pretty fancy, but yeah. it was not. Um, it wasn't like a milky shake. It was almost like, like a, a slushy. Uh, it was a combination between a slushy and a shake. So it had really good flavor. Um, and then she bought a couple of extra macarons. And so we had those. Yum. Um, trying to think. So we did see a pet shop and I went in and I'm all homesick for animals, of course. And uh, she I got yelled at for attempting to pet a puppy. Not allowed to Uh-oh. touch. Yeah. Um, but then don't we went touch up. the puppies. Don't touch the puppies or the kitties. And um, that's when we saw the sign for the, the cat cafe. And we went upstairs to that. So we did that. Um, very interesting stores. Um, as you might imagine, some very unique foods. I don't, <clears throat> I don't want to get into too many details on that. Um, if you go to my Facebook page, you'll see lots of photos. And you can just look me up, Lisa Griswold, on Facebook. And, um, and that's Griswold with an O. It is, and an S. O-L-D, yes. G-R-I-S-W-O-L-D. So after the pig cafe, we found out, the guy at the pig cafe said, well, there's an owl cafe down down the street here. (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh (laughs) And then he said, but better than that is the otter cafe. The otters are so cute. The otters are adorable. This is is before the trip even starts. Right. This is arrival day. (laughs) So remember, you still have 11 more days. Okay. I know. See, I told you he'd do this. All right. Keep going. Um, But we did go to the Otter Cafe. It was about, it was about closing time. So we did not get to do the Otter Cafe and the Owl closed too. So we were hoping to do that 
eventually. It never happens. So I am on the lookout for an owl in an otter cafe eventually. I'd love to do that. But let's look at. See, yes. it only makes sense that the Owl Cafe would have been open at night. I mean, let's Honestly, just be honest. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> Who exactly. would think differently? Yeah. Did you get that? No? Y- yes. Okay. Who? Not not fun. Okay. I'll keep going. <laughs> All right. So we're in Kyoto and we, um, first we head off to see some temples. And I'm going to say all of this wrong, but this is, um, designated as a World Heritage Site by um, UNESCO. And it is a 14th century temple and it's one of the city's great Zen temples. And so we learned all about the different kinds of temples. Um, They've got, they had, um, if I'm not mistaken, they had this wonderful koi pond. Um, So it was all about different gardens. They have three types of gardens. They have a rock garden, a koi garden and a tea garden. And so we saw great koi and we saw really cool rock gardens, you know, where they rake it and it, it has meaning in Zen. So we did that. Um, awesome trees. We saw a little waterfall, um, different streams. And um, we did a tasting at, um, well, we went to the marketplace and we got to see all kinds of things there. But then for dinner, we did a um, a dinner at a Michelin-rated restaurant. Um, there are nice. local Japan people that can't get into this restaurant, which, you know, toting the old uh, power of Nat Geo. And we had a geisha session with two girls that came in. They were 17 and 20. And it's very interesting about the geisha life. Uh, it takes a good while to learn how to do that. And then it's almost like being a nun. Once you commit to being a geisha girl, you are for life and you're not allowed to have a boyfriend. You're not allowed to date. You're not allowed to get married. So you're committing your life to being a geisha. I thought that was interesting. If you did, for some reason, fall in love, you have to quit the business. Um, and it's not its not the same connotation that it used to have in the old days. This is a very respectable um, position to have as a geisha. They're more like entertainers, mm-hmm. n- not of the like memoirs of a geisha. private life thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, but it, it, it it's more of a social a social position. It is, and it's um, they're they're also hard to to book. To to yeah. witness, I don't uh, to to get. I don't know how to say it. Um, so we were very honored that we had that. Um, then we went over to on uh, day three. We're still in Kyoto, and we went to another rock garden. And um, let me look at my photos. Oh, this was really cool because we got to explore a um, a bamboo forest. And if you know anything about bamboo, it's crazy. It's like weeds. It can grow up to a foot in a day. A foot, like watching the grass grow, you could literally watch bamboo grow. And so we did that. It was amazing. We got some photo tips from Mish. Mish was our uh, National Geographic photographer. And her specialty is underwater wildlife. 
And awesome. um, yes, I, I can't imagine, but she's yeah. been all over the world photographing things, but she, um, she joined us on this and it was really neat. We got to see how uh, some of the prayer goes. They have a lot of different uh, shrine locations where people can make an offering. And we learned that different shrines have different prayers that go with them. And a lot of people, I was surprised by this, but a lot of people dress in the traditional Japanese um, outfits with the um, the, the kimonos, robes, the, kimonos yep. the men and the women, the, the wooden shoes. Mm-hmm. So uh, we did get to see a lot of that. We, let's see. Oh, kimono okay. rental is is a very big business around Kyoto. Yes, for twenty dollars a day, you can rent a kimono, and uh, people were doing it because you saw people that were obviously not uh, native, well, presumably not native, wearing the kimonos, and I, it was neat. We got to see rickshaws in action. Um, holy cow! <laughs> Talk about fit people because. They're going up these hills and down. Uh-huh. Um, going down a hill with 400 pounds behind you. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So that was all interesting. And another interesting thing that we saw is uh, we were hanging out, uh, waiting for the group to gather. And there was some construction behind us. And it's probably 90 degrees and very hot and humid. Uh, our, our guide was saying, whatever happened to fall, we're late. Uh, it shouldn't be this hot. And the construction workers all had jackets on, long sleeve jackets. And oh then, my gosh. yeah. And then the guide pointed out, look on the back of the jacket. There is a, va- a fan that is cooling them off. Oh, nice. And so they're cooler in that than we are without the jacket. So the jacket actually just helps circulate. And I think thought that was genius. Um, Keeps the sun off their arms, too. Yeah. So they were very happy. Um, I, it, I, I'm going to strongly suggest you go to my Facebook page. And I think Steve shared a lot of stuff on the mouse put, chat Yeah, page. some of it's in the mouse chat Facebook group and uh, page. But some of the things that I thought was kind of cool and exciting, um, a very popular snack, street food, if you will, is cucumber on a stick. And in Japan, they don't have the short stumpy cucumbers they have the long skinny cucumbers and you just see school kids walking around with a cucumber on the stick taking a bite walking around like it was i don't know a churro it was i thought that was pretty cool um more temples more photography lessons we learned more about focus and light um okay so this is an interesting thing as well I'm sure most of you realize that when you enter any kind of Japanese domicile, any, any hotel, home, um, a lot of businesses, you take your shoes off. Mm-hmm. And what, and then you switch to slippers. And so there's this whole very strict routine where shoes are allowed on this platform, but you can only step on this platform with uh, slippers. And you can't slip on the shoe platform with bare feet. You have to go from your slippers to the shoes. So that is all, you know, very specific. And mm-hmm. on top of that, you have toilet slippers. So anytime you go to 
not only a public restroom, but a private one in a hotel, you have to switch from your house slippers to the toilet slippers, go use the toilet, and toilets are a whole nother conversation. Um, and then you come back, you switch it out. There's a little threshold where you left your slippers, you switch it out, and you know they keep things clean that way. That's good. Since we're talking about slippers um, and toilets, um, these toilets, I mean, I'm sure if you've heard of a bidet, um, you're thinking, oh, fancy, fancy French toilet that squirts water at, at your behind. Well, that's pretty much what it is. Um, but the toilets in Japan, they have lots of options. Uh, they have lots. Heated, heated toilet seats. They have, um, of course, the dual flush. I know I'm getting into too much detail, but it's exciting. Um, toilet talk. And the one you posted where somebody was standing up on the seat and bending down. No standing on the seat. Yes. Toilets <laughs> do come with instructions. Um, <laughs> um, they have music for privacy. Um, in case or you, white noise. Or white noise, yes. If you don't want people knowing what you're doing in there. Um, but it's every toilet that I experienced in Japan was a, yeah. a high tech toilet. Um, they must be appalled when they come here. Oh, and they've the, got the girl next to them talking on the phone, bobbing um, her head. Just while the, she's going to the right. The whole cultural thing in Japan versus America, you realize a lot of things. And since you know. Japanese culture is very private. It's private. I like it. It's proper. It's clean. I didn't see a single Karen. I didn't see anyone yelling (laughs) at kids. Um, they're all well behaved in public. They are all well mannered. They are all clean. I mean, they've got all those toilets. They have to. And and how much litter did you see? Okay, so I saw three pieces of litter in twelve days. Wow. And. We all assume wow. that it was an American that did it. <laughs> so <laughs> when it comes to litter, it is interesting. They don't have trash cans publicly for the most part. Um, you'll find dirty. them on train platforms and at bus stops and that's it. Yeah. Um, like you, you might occasionally find a business that has one outside I didn't, I didn't of their one. shop, but it's very rare. So the way trash works is if I buy a can of Coke from a vending machine and vending machines are everywhere, I buy a can of Coke. Um, I'm not going to be able to find uh, a place to put it unless I am at a public transportation type of location. And so when I'm done, I'm going to put that can of Coke or that empty can in my backpack and I will dispose of it when I find a place because I'm not going to find a place out. Um, if I have, um, if I get a bowl of ice cream or a little cup of ice cream, I'm going to hold on to that. But if I am still in the vicinity, when I finish it, it's appropriate to return that used cup, the dirty cup, to the establishment, and they will take care of uh, disposal. So they don't have trash cans out like it. Well, McDonald's did, um, but we got a, a maca. What is that? The the no oh, the tea the tea ice cream and like green, matcha green matcha. Tea, matcha. Yeah, you walk around, you eat your ice cream, and then you go back to the shop and say thank you so much. This was delicious. And I, I was literally counting the trash that I saw and 
three pieces. Wow. That's it. Um, Our first morning in Japan, I went to 7-Eleven and got a cup of coffee. And then I wanted to visit a temple that was around the corner. So I hid my empty coffee cup behind a bush. <laughs> you lit outside the no outside the temple. And then I picked it up on my way back out. Yes. Because I didn't I didn't want to take a, a cup into yeah. the temple. So yeah, but yeah I wow. tucked it behind a bush and like mental note to myself. I was like, you have to get it on the way out. And I did. Those yeah. cleanliness rules sound good to me. They're amazing. Um and yes. on, wait, I have to sneeze. Oh, bless you. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, on my train ride from uh, Hiroshima to Osaka, um, I I was with um, a National Geographic person who was my little escort, and I was amazed that there was no graffiti. And she's like, "What's graffiti?" I looked it up. I showed her. She's like, "People do that." And, oh. and and then right after that, yep. we went through more of um, uh, a residential area and we did see graffiti. She's like, oh, my gosh, I've never noticed this. Wow. But uh, she didn't even know what graffiti was. She's like, people don't do that. Like, apparently they do. Um, so here's the geisha dinner. And I do have pictures and videos of the, the dance. Um, very fancy meal. Um, and it comes in so many courses. It's, it's so impressive. And unfortunately, so much of, of that, um, class and, and yumminess was wasted on me because I did try a lot of things. I am quite proud of myself. Um, but I did request no, no seafood. So I did have a different menu than a lot of people. And, um, but they still, I got chicken and I got, I mean, there were days that we did vegetarian when we were at the Buddhist temple, it was all vegetarian. Uh, and, and you hardly notice that there's no meat, but, uh, tofu is big. Uh, miso soap, miso soup is with just about every meal. Um, pickled vegetables, including breakfast, including breakfast. You can't tell the difference between breakfast and, um, dinner. For the most yeah, part. Th there really isn't much true dedicated breakfast food in Japan. Mm. Japan's not really much of a breakfast country. No, no, gr no grits. No, no, uh, no, the no only grits, no, no biscuits, no biscuits no and gravy. gravy. No, you, you will find scrambled eggs. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can find scrambled eggs, but they are spoon. They're like soup. Um, they're, they're very, undercooked. They're, they're very soft. Yes. Mm. Um, so, but the, the way around it, just in case you happen to be in Japan is you can go to the omelet station cause there's usually an omelet station and you can ask for scrambled eggs well done or dry and mm. they'll do it. Um, and so that worked out nicely. They do make these cute little omelet rolls, which is, they call it an omelet, but it's just scrambled eggs that are rolled up and it's like layers. So, mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost like that ice cream where you scrape it and it oh, rolls. Yeah but it's egg and it's delicious. They're it's very, very thinly cooked. Uh, mm. It was sufficiently cooked though. I thought, um, I loved it. You could still pick it up with chopsticks. So it wasn't runny like their, their scrambled eggs, but I thought it was delicious. Um, scrambled eggs like a crepe because I don't like chunks of egg. So I get the biggest frying pan I have so that it spreads out like a crepe. And then I, 
do it that way. So it's texturally, it's. Yeah. Different. Yeah. I don't like to be able to see the white or the yellow. It has to be mixed up. So, and, and, and they did, which was fantastic. Um, so I'm trying to look at what we did next. So then we went to another temple. It's the Golden Temple. Did you do that, Sharpie? We no, we we didn't. Uh, so much of our trip, we were kind of uncertain on times. So I didn't. There were very few things that we had booked that were hard and fast that we had to be mm. at a specific place at a specific time because I really wanted to keep a more fluid itinerary. I had lists of things and places. If we had time in a specific location, there were different things that we could check out in neighborhoods. I had this whole like mini binder that I took to Japan uh, and it like, it was gold for me. (laughs) Speaking of golden, uh, we did go to the temple of the golden pavilion. And essentially this pavilion was uh, covered or is covered in gold leaf. So you picture a 40 by 40 or a 50 by 50 temple that the second and third floors are covered in gold leaf. And wow, it takes 2000 gold leaves. They're so thin. It takes 2000 gold leaves to make a millimeter. Oh my God. And, and then the building itself is covered by 200,000 gold leaves. And they say the lacquer cost more than the gold, the lacquer to apply it. So I thought that was interesting. Wow. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And it's normally like a 23 and a half ish carat gold. That's what your most common gold leaf is. Yeah. So we did that. Um, I have more bathroom pictures. (laughs) Um, More dinner. Trying to look at what else we did. Going into um, day four, we did Mount uh, Koya. This is where we went to the um, the Buddhist um, temple, and we got to spend the night in the Buddhist temple, which was really amazing. Um, yeah. This uh, prior to actually going to the the temple, we we went to the um, Okuno Inn Cemetery, and this is where they have over 200,000 tombs of samurai warriors and and others, uh, not just samurai, but they um, it's it's among these it's this place is so stinking amazing. It was (laughs) one of those places where no matter where you looked, it was photographic. They had these huge um, red cedars. Um, and these tombstones with moss and there were no bodies there. So it wasn't creepy in that regard. They just had, um, the representation. Um, but we did a walk through the cemetery. Uh, in the end, we ended up at another temple, which was really cool. Um, no photographs or video in the temples, so I don't have anything for that, but just trust me, it was really pretty. (laughs) Japan has the highest cremation rate anywhere in the world. 99.97% of uh, deaths in Japan, uh, the body has reposition with with cremation. So it's, you you don't find expansive cemeteries like you do Mm -mm. here in the U.S. 
Yeah. Um, so we got to see some artwork over there. Um, but again, we had our uh, traditional Buddhist vegetarian dinner. We had a room, uh, a big room with the um, the mats. So we had to switch our shoe, take our shoes off before entering. And um, and the dinner was presented so beautifully. And it, it was just, it's just, you know, it gets you because it's so beautiful. Um, we had the paper doors, essentially kind of paper doors, very thin doors that slid between the rooms. And mm-hmm. so we could open it all up and have a giant party. But um, it it was, it was cool. Oh, uh, Brenda, you may remember the shared shower, the community shower. Yeah. Um, that's what we had in this Buddhist temple. And they have uh, like four or five areas where you sit down on a little chair, a little uh, stool. And you get a bucket and you you can wash your hair and then use the bucket to, to rinse. And then they have uh, a bathtub. So after you clean yourself, you go into the bathtub for further clean cleansing. Uh, I think we had one person in the group do this because you do have to do this publicly. Um, and nope. most everyone says not to. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but it was funny because on the door to the um, community bath, the bathhouse, they, they had instructions on how to clean yourself. It was yeah. interesting. It's like uh, a ceremonial cleaning. Mm-hmm. Speaking of ceremonial, the following morning, uh, we all met at 7 a.m. in um, the temple for a morning prayer ceremony. Nice. Of course, the, the temple itself is beyond words. Your eyes just don't know how to take it all in and remember it. And but, just the level of craftsmanship on yeah. on the temples is truly extraordinary. Yeah. You 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 just sit there with your mouth wide open like seriously? It it's And just like kind of most small towns in the US have a te- have a a church on every corner or down the street that it's that's the way temples are in Japan. There that's mm-hmm. when you look at the map of a of a of a small town or or city in Japan, you're going to see like Tokyo, literally you could visit a temple a day, I think, and, and you wouldn't visit all of the temples in a year Wow. In, in Tokyo proper. Yeah. Well, and then they have people that go on pilgrimage to visit um, a certain class of, of temple. And then they end up at that uh, cemetery that I told you about with the, the samurais. And mm-hmm. um, it, it's also interesting in that cemetery, they have, um, they have this rocket ship and it's dedicated to all those that have died um, in relation to the space program. They have like Nissan, anyone that has died in relation to Nissan. Um, so they have like companies represented there, strong wow. Japanese companies. And so they have this dedication to their um, former employees. That's neat too. Yeah, that is neat. Um, Loyalty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we did the, uh, the, so with the morning ceremony. I, I built a pixie vacation cemetery in our backyard. Oh. <laughs> You're tacky. I want to be next to the tiki torch. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have, we'll put up little, anyways. Okay. Keep going. Sorry. You're a dork. Um, <laughs> uh, but with that shrine, that ceremony in the morning, there were two, um, 
I don't even know what I call them. Are they monks? I guess they're monks. Bald head. Bald head. Yep. But they were um, chanting and they were facing each other um, in front of us. And the whole ceremony must have been about 20 or 25 minutes. And for the duration of this time, they were in chant. Like, it, it was like they weren't breathing. And the one guy on the right had this unique, classic monk voice. It was like almost raspy, but it was so beautiful. And then the other guy, they did this in unison and to compliment each other. And then when one of them needed a breath, the other would keep going and they'd take five seconds, like every two minutes to take a breath. And then they'd keep going. I'm like, you have to be exhausted because they're they're exerting so much. It was amazing. It was beautiful. Um, and then you went up and you uh, you could offer uh, your prayers, and and then it was over. Um, just like that. But beautiful. It was. I wish I could have recorded them because just listening to them was mesmerizing, hypnotic, and and relaxing all at the same time. And admirable for that matter, you know, because yeah. they were so good. Talk about breath control. Yeah. Goodness. So um, anyway, we did the morning prayer and then we went down to the shores of the Inland Sea and we took a ferry across over to Shiko. Shikoku, and um, that's one of the smallest of Japan's main islands. Um, we we got to see. We went to a, a to see costumes and uh, like a dance festival at a museum. And you should see pictures of this as well. The museum part, uh, yeah, I couldn't understand any of it because it was all in Japanese and I probably could have translated. Google Translate, by the way. I don't know if you've seen the ads where you like hold your phone and everything turns into English. It's a real thing. It's amazing. Nice. So I'd pointed nice. at packages and things like that. And I'm backtracking just another step. Um, so and it has about a 75% accuracy to be able to decipher what's what it is. It's not always 100% accurate, uh, but most times it's like a thematic translation mm -hmm. that's enough to understand all. Oh, yeah, these aren't gummy helps. candies. These are pickled quail eggs. Yes. I didn't scan it well enough. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, so I do not have international internet with my phone. And so what I did is ahead of time, I pre-ordered a Wi-Fi device, a router, if you will. And I picked it up in the Osaka airport. And for the entire trip, it was $72. And I had unlimited Wi-Fi the entire time. So I was able to call home. I was able to nice. text. I was able to go on email. I could go onto Facebook and post. But I could also use my Google Translate. So that was important. That's great. Um, and That's it, a deal. It really was. Except they're going to be contacting me because it comes with a battery charger, like a, a power bank. For the life of me, I don't know where it is. So they're going to charge me. 
Uh-oh. I haven't unpacked yet, so I'm sure it's in there somewhere. But going through my luggage day after day, I didn't see it. But yeah, see, the one that I rented had the power bank built in. So you could actually charge your phone from mm. the device. Okay, nice. So it was only the one one item. Yeah. Um, but I, I did. I paid a little bit more than that for the upgraded option. I didn't know. Uh, and all, all four of us, all three boys and myself, we could be on it. It would slow down when all four of us mm-hmm. would be on it. Like when the boys were doing Pokemon Go, oh. it oh would God. really slow down. Yes. Kristen has now yeah. discovered Pokemon Go and she, yeah. she, she bit hard. <laughs> she was so excited. I love watching the boys play. I haven't started playing it yet. I need to, because they're, they're always like, dad, you should download it. You're like, eh, you're probably right. I should. Okay. So we were at the festival of the Awa Odori Heikan Museum, and they did a show for us. And I was front row center. Thanks to Kristen. Uh, she had a seat right there for me. And it, it, it was just such a fun afternoon or um, outing because they, they did teach us to dance. And we got out there and we danced. And in the end, they, they crown uh, like a master and four people are chosen out of the crowd that did a good job. Two of the people were in our group. So that was a pretty good representation. We didn't get the crown in the end, but you know, we still think we're all champions. Uh, so that was, it was just, I mean, and, and they had live music. They gave us a demonstration of each of the instruments that was used. And it was just a really exciting event. Uh, it sounds fun. It was. And I think I've got video of the music out there. I need to backtrack. So the night before this, when we're still at the um, the temple, um, we did a, with the photographer, with Mish, we did a cemetery night walk. And that was really cool. We got to play with light and shadows and, um, you know, night features on your camera. And this is all done with mobile phones. So it was, it was very useful. You know, you're not going to get that on just every tour. A stinking National Geographic photographer. Yeah. They're world renowned. For sure. Yes. Um, I have a picture. So they give you a lot of orange juice. So they drink orange juice, coffee, tea and occasionally coca-cola and i took a picture of my orange juice can that i was given and this was on the ferry we had a box lunch and it says this juice in english it says this juice has been made from excellent oranges (laughs) i thought that was cute um yeah there there will be no second class oranges in our juice no siree but let me tell you about the ferry because this was a pretty long ferry ride i'd say two to three hours um, they have a premium section where you can pay like three or five dollars and you get these really comfortable chairs and you get to go up on. It almost looks like a bridge, uh, mm-hmm. like a captain's bridge, but great view. Uh, we a lot of us went up there, but they also have these areas um, that don't have chairs at all. They're mats. Um, they have hubbies for your shoes, but you go in here and people were just taking naps, just lying down on the mat, bunch of different people, strangers, not like they were on top of each other or anything, 
But I thought that was interesting um, that they just have these areas where you sit and it's area after area. Uh, your kids can crawl around if they're young and you know they want to do that. But I thought that was really neat. They did have vending machines. They had um, like dining tables. They had food vending machines. So there was a lot of accommodation here. They also had uh, sleeping bunk beds for truck drivers only because we drove the bus right onto the ferry and then we took the bus with us. Um, but there are trucks that use this and they had uh, special accommodations where they could take a nap. I thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, Safety. Yeah. So then... Then we did that morning and then we did the, uh, we go to the dance. We did the dance. Um, we get back to the hotel and everyone dresses in the kimonos uh, for dinner. So that it was nice that everyone got into it and into the culture. And we wore the, uh, the slippers to dinner, took them off um, at the door, put on the new slippers, you know, because you're always changing things. This particular hotel had natural hot springs. And just in case you guys choose to do this itinerary, um, we were told uh, to bring swimsuits. And then if you did have tattoos, maybe on your arms or something, that all tattoos had to be covered. Uh, so bring a, a swim shirt. Come to find out when we're there that there's no clothing allowed at all. So no swimsuits. It, it is a um, very natural environment. They have indoor and outdoor hot springs. Um, the onsen we and men and women are separated but you do go au naturel and uh, we did have a few people do this and they said it was an amazing experience just green and, and all that so it's like being in denmark i suppose <laughs> um oh then uh we did some rope bridges or vine bridges. So they had these bridges made of vine and, and then wood planks spaced out. So it was not steady. And it, the, the, <laughs> planks were, like it. The, the planks were spread out. Uh, some people did not do it. Um, How high were these off the ground? Um, 60, 80 feet. Hmm. That's that's pretty high when it's yeah they're not, really high. yeah I'm showing Steve not a couple sure of pictures under your feet yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's like yeah. it it reminded me of Indiana Jones yeah where they where the bridge is like literally made it's not like wire covered with vines it's like just no, made it out is of vines it's just made out of vines and it's going over a gorge of with the running yeah like rapids underneath and it's going it, through the Aya Valley and the wood planks are not like right next to each other. They're definitely a, a foot or two apart. You could fall through um, with a misstep and like not just your leg, you could fall through. Yeah. It's no not, bungees holding you up there or anything. Um, No. No bungees attached to no, you. No <laughs> safety tethered. lines. No. No, nothing. No. Uh, um, but, you know, like the whole thing is vines. Yep. It's, it was cool. It was an interesting experience. Um. And I'm, it, it's just the way I am. I had literally zero hesitation, zero fear. Um, we did have people with height issues and, and crossing bridge issues and safety. Oh, my God, I'm going to die. 
um, I would just walk right across it. So I, I did not have issues. Um, but be cautious if this is something you look into because it is, there is a danger factor. Anyway, we did a couple of those bridges. We did go to a waterfall, which we found very picturesque. Um, did a couple of group photos, um, some more photography. We went to this cabin. Um, and let me get the proper explanation of this. And again, we're in the, um, the Aya Valley. And we went to a traditional Japanese inn. And this is, you can sleep here. It was like, um, I want to say, get my conversion correct, it was like $180 a night per person. And you would be sleeping on uh, futons on the floor. But uh, you can actually stay here in this. So their idea... They had this old Japanese inn, and instead of um, refurbishing it to its original state, they did a compromise, so they added plumbing. They, um, they did different things to it to make it modernize. They heated the floors, but they kept the essence of the original. Uh, it, it reminds me of the truckster. Because we kept that kind of as is, but we added, <laughs> it does, we added DVD players. So, you know, we kept the um, general feel of the truckster, but kind of gave it our own little twist. So we learned about um, using more sunlight, using background blurs with, um, with portrait photos. So more photo lessons. And the depth of field. Yeah. Yeah. All that. Um, so then I'm going through the pictures, trying to keep everyone on track. More gorges. Um, we did that farmhouse. Oh my gosh. This was like one of the best things ever. So we went, see if this is written out. We had lunch at, um, I've got the name. We went to lunch at a restaurant that was privately owned and uh, they, they have the meal ready for you. It's, it's like you don't get served the food for the most part. You sit down and your meal is already there. And occasionally there are additional dishes that they bring. And I don't, I don't know when is, it's appropriate to do one or the other. But um, we went to this place and everyone agreed that the meal was phenomenal. This is where I actually tried venison. Look at that. Oh, that's good. Oh, dear. Oh, mm-hmm. gosh. <laughs> wow. The buck stops here. So I did that. Um, they had a fried leafy green thing. I don't know what it was, but it was a leafy green similar to kale, but it was tempura. Yeah, it's a tempura fried leafy green green. Yeah. yeah. It was so good. Oh my gosh. Their deep fried veggies are so good. Who um, knew that it was the Japanese that pr- could prove that anything can be fried? Well, and they, that's what and we were all saying. You can take something healthy and make it totally unhealthy. Yeah. Like that kale. too. <laughs> By um, deep frying it. They had, <laughs> um, they had this deep fried apple. Oh, it was like apple pie. Just 
because it was apple pie. It was amazing. But so the owner uh, came out and, and our host, um, our tour guide said, if you notice, there are a lot of trophies over here. And um, can anyone guess what they're for? And everyone's like, oh, cooking, cooking, because we just ate this wonderful lunch. And, you know, some of us did do a little research ahead of time. And <laughs> we, we knew that she had gotten these awards for singing. And so she is a renowned Japanese folklore singer. And she sings about, uh, well, it's folklore. So it's silly things. The one was a song that they sang when they were uh, harvesting, um, not normal rice, but a, it was like a um, buckwheat rice. And part of the song, I mean, it, it was beautiful. It was very folksy. But part of the song is, um, be nice. Something about be nice to your mother-in-law because your daughter will have a mother-in-law. Something like that. Anyway, it was cute. Um, but this, she was all of, you know, four foot seven. Um, <laughs> it, she was older, but amazing. She had the best smile and her voice was just, it was an all in all wonderful afternoon between the food and the entertainment and the hospitality, simply amazing. Oh, and then after she sang a couple of songs, she said, will you sing a song for me? And we had to all come up with a song. And we did a quick round of Sweet Caroline because everyone knows the bump, bump, bumps. And <laughs> um, we did that. And then a lot of people faded off because they didn't know anything else. And um, she said, well, no, sing us a song. And people are coming up with patriotic songs. And then it hit us. We did a very impressive round of It's a Small World. There you go. We all knew it. Yep. It was fitting because we were all uh, associated with Disney. And it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. So That's a great song. It it's was. a prayer. It it's worked a prayer. out. They yeah. probably related to it. Yeah. Um, she was just so cute because she was like clapping her hands, you know, moving back and forth when we were singing. Sweet. So it was just so stinking sweet. Um, okay. So after lunch, we did our second vine bridge and this one was scarier because the planks were further <laughs> apart. It was. Have um, you ever done wild Africa trek, Lisa? Yes. Oh, we did. Okay. So, um, this puts that to shame. It didn't have crocodiles. However, or, or safety harness or, or tether. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so this was truly Indiana Jones. Um, you held on. And if you didn't, you would fall through the planks. So um, then we went over to like a waterfall area, um, relaxed, took some pictures, um, hung out. It was pretty cool. Then we went to. So there's this lady. Um, and we were in, let me make sure, I don't have her name, but she makes these dolls. They, they're called scarecrows and they look like people and they look like people she knows in the town. And yeah. when, when she ran out of people in the town, 
she um, just started making other people. And she's made hundreds of life-size dolls in lots of different ways and uh, faces and just babies and kids and adults and old people and breadlocks and, you know, everything, you know, they've got a little tug of war. So they, um, they have a, an old abandoned school that um, a lot of the schools shut down because people, the generations change and, and some move out and some just age and no more kids move in. And um, so they filled the school with all these dolls and doing different things. Like I said, tug of war or sitting down and playing cards. And she does all these by hand. And it takes her anywhere from three to five days to make one. She makes about one a week. It's not very long. No. Well, she's pretty good. She's been doing it a while. And, um, And ironically, she was out on the street. Kristen actually found her. And said, aren't you the lady that does these? She's like, yeah, um, in her own special Japanese way. Um, <laughs> and so she did a quick little interview with us and we got to meet her. It was pretty cool. I liked That's it. Neat. So, yeah, these these uh, scarecrows. They're all dressed. They all have different hair. Um, it's pretty cute. That's cool. But you have to admit, at least in part, it's kind of creepy. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't doubt that for us. I don't argue that for a, a, a whole town of them. Yeah. A whole school. Yeah. Well, and they're around the town as well. Oh my God. Um, you know, we went to an overlook. They kind of look like cabbage patch kids. They're that kind of squishy. Yeah. From the photos I saw. Um, okay. Yeah. The boys and I watched a YouTube video about it. Mm. So then we went to another private farm. And we were welcomed by the locals. It was really cool. We got to see how they make um, make their tea and how they dry it and the difference between black tea and green tea and the different processes. And so we got to sample fresh tea that they made for us. They also had some sweet potatoes. They, they make sweet potatoes and they cut them into chunks and they just skewer them with a toothpick and you eat them just like cheese, I guess. So we did that. The guy that presented, we kind of, we're in awe of him. Um, he was like 78 years old and he looked about 58. And we're like, what is your secret? And he said, it's the water. It's the mountain water. And so we all got to drink some of his water. So we're all going to be beautiful and, and ageless. But yeah, they made tea for us. They welcomed us. They gave us all kinds of information and took some pictures. Uh, he had a um, one of the scarecrows outside of his house. Ugh. Yeah, this one, this is his. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Yes, he looks French. We'll have to put some on the website. Yeah. Yes. So what else? Um, we did the art museum, natural light. More mountains. Um, there was a pretty cool That was a jam-packed trip. Goodness. And I'm probably missing so much. Um, so then we ended up, oh my gosh, I got to tell you about the, um, the rest stops. And I think there are pictures of these as well. So you go into a rest stop to get a snack or something. You're not going to find Cheetos and a Diet Coke. You're going to search high and low to find a small corner of candy. But then they have all these other things. And the way they display them, literally in display cases. Beautiful. Here's what the cookie looks like inside the box. 
or the treat and fishy things and fruity things and, and slimy things and all kinds of things. And they put them on display and it's the coolers, water, tea, coffee, and one or two sodas. Not even every time you're going to find a soda, but, um, fruit, you're going to find fresh fruit. You're going to find seafood. It's, it's just so crazy. How many crazy flavors of soda did you try, Lisa? Um, none. I had Coke with a lot of the meals. They didn't serve Coke Zero, but in the vending machines, they offered Coke and Coke Zero and sometimes ginger ale. So, yeah, um, see, we, 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 we tried like all sorts of crazy flavors of drinks. I didn't see crazy flavors of drinks. I did try a, um, a peach water that was excellent. Oh, that was my favorite. Oh, that was good. Every time we were at a train station, I was like, oh, I want to get a peach water. Yep. <laughs> yep. And I didn't I didn't like the iced tea because they use green tea or the Uchola. What is that? Oolong. Yeah, maybe Oolong tea. Oolong tea. Yeah, oolong. Um, and I don't care for that. So I didn't drink any tea when I was there. So I'm going to move Did on. Did you have any milk tea? No. Now, see, the milk tea is delicious. Why didn't you tell me this three weeks ago? Sorry. <laughs> okay. So we're going to go to another little afternoon um, outing and experience. And so what we did here is we went to a noodle making day. And we put on some aprons. We washed up our hands. And we made noodles. We rolled it out. We squished it. Um, we cut it. We cooked it. We ate it. And they were actually some of the best noodles that we had on the whole trip. So we did that. Oh, and then as a little gift, they gave us um, like a scroll that says how to make the noodles with the recipe and all that. But then the top of the scroll, the wood part, is actually your rolling pin. It was really cute. Well, that's cute. I'm going to be neat. making noodles. Yeah, that's super cool. That is neat. Yeah. Um, it was It was amazing. It was just, you know, hands-on cultural experience. This lady, again, must have been four foot seven. And she is dancing around because <laughs> at one point to prepare the, and knead the dough, you knead it in a bowl and it's not enough. So then you um, put it in a bag and you start pounding it. Well, no, 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 no. You're not pounding it with your fist. You're going onto the mat and then you're going to jump on it. So it was, oh my. it was a very thick plastic bag so you didn't you know break it or anything but she had queen going and michael jackson and um so we were all jumping up and down on our our dough to knead it <laughs> and it was do you know how large those bags are lisa about two feet i was trying to figure out where you were going with that <laughs> um, i bet you needed a break after that that's got to take a lot out of you. It did. I don't want to, you know, huff and puff, but man, it took a lot out of me. <laughs> um, so then we go to this awesome, awesome garden. And I don't even know what day we're on. I'm just looking at my pictures. But uh, they had, oh, they had these koi ponds and all these koi that they were so beautiful and so big and so hungry. <laughs> um, <laughs> And they did have a, like a fried, um, I'd even say it was like a fried rice cake that you could buy and, and feed to them. And so, of course, I did. 
and I made lots of fishy friends. Uh, do you have my picture? He's so mm-hmm. cute. They're very good. Remember, fisher friends, mm-hmm. not food. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, I like him, but I I use some of my new photography skills to um, get some good pictures. I think they were good pictures. Um, there was this. I mean, the scenery was so unbelievable between the trees and the gardens and the bridges and the water and the turtles and the fish. Um, absolutely a knockout. Um, this brings us to one of our last hotels, if not the last, where um, we had um, a Japanese French dinner. So the they had some kind of steak. It was, and they only give you like three bites um, because they serve so much of a variety. Uh, I'm like, I'll take another dose of this and, and maybe a third, but no, you don't get to do that. Um, ended up at an art museum. Really funky art. Um, cool, but funky. And... There we go. Um, so I've got some different pictures from that. Uh, oh, there was one art piece where it's like mud, like splattered across a wall. Um, and come to find out that the mud came from the artist's home country, which wasn't Japan. I don't know where it was. Um, and so it had more meaning than just mud splattered across um, a wall. Um, oh, I did meet a cat. I met a cat. He was so awesome. He was so lonely. He he loved getting some loving. Um, beautiful flowers. I did learn how to take um, photos of a night sky. That was awesome. Um, zooming through this, trying to keep this to highlights. Oh, and then Hiroshima. Darn her. It's heartbreaking um you learn about the bomb that was dropped you you get to see where it was dropped the devastation the damage then there's a whole museum you go through this museum and it's like um it's a queue you you pretty much stay in the queue and no one is talking no one says a word because it's so somber it's it's just such a horrible experience but um then if we, you've ever visited the Holocaust Museum in D.C., it's very similar. Mm-hmm. This, it, it's it's incredibly well done. Yeah. Those two are the only um, UNESCO sites that are related to war. Um, so we did that. We got to um, make a contribution with a paper crane, which kind of supports... I mean, the children and it, it was just heartbreaking, the whole thing. Um, I did manage to go to another Disney store. So that's, that's always good. That was in Hiroshima. And uh, I don't think I bought anything there. Um, Did another marketplace with weird stuff. Uh, I did find a couple of souvenirs. Oh, so then we go to this, um, this shrine. And in this area, we're on an island. But in this area, they have deer that walk around and they just go up to you. They just walk around like 
like a person. Uh, we did see two deer that were butting heads, two bucks. Um, and, you know, they're, they're not happy. They're fighting each other a little bit, um, showing off. And then they separate and they go their own way. Well, then one of the bucks literally attacks a woman, like headbutts her and hurt her. So that was alarming. Um, but all the other deer were very nice. Uh, so after that, I decided I was only going to visit with the does and not the bucks. <laughs> um, <laughs> the buck stops here. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but we went to a shrine. I didn't quite understand this shrine because they call it a shrine. And people, again, were waiting in these long lines in the heat to get their tickets and then walk through the shrine. But it wasn't. I don't understand where the shrine part was because it was like walking kind of a maze, like an M type of shape on a boardwalk covered with cool um, Japanese architecture. But there was no main portion that I remember seeing. It was just walking along and over the water. It was beautiful, but I, I didn't understand that one. We then went to a traditional Japanese tea ceremony. And you would think you just have a pot of tea and you say, here's some tea, here's some tea, one lump or two. No, holy cow. The the time. Yeah, and, it's supposed to be how they fold the napkin and all that, like on Milan. Is, um, it, is it like that? I We didn't even have napkins. So we were on the floor. And the way it works is there's like this whole routine and ritual with the tea. You have to be a, I'm going to get this wrong, but like a certified tea ceremonial person to do the tea they cleanse everything over and over like the cups are clean but then they clean them again it's and then this process starts over for the next person so it takes about 10 minutes for each cup of tea to hurry the process they simply brought us some tea um after the first person was was served but the whole process is so detailed and has meaning. You're supposed to, when you're given your cup, um, it's facing you properly, but then you need to turn your cup so that you can drink it. And then there's a way to wipe it um, with your forefinger twice and then with your pinky once, and then you turn it back so that you can present it back to the host that gave it to you. There's all kinds of rules to drinking tea. Who knew? Wow. Um, But it's just so interesting. Americans, in my opinion, would never do something like this. And it just had such cultural impact um, and, and just culture and respect to it. I thought it was awesome. Um, more beautiful trees. We're really coming to the end here because there's a picture of my dog. So apparently I'm back home. Um, oh, so I did take a bullet train back from um, Hiroshima to the airport in Osaka. And there was a stop in um, Kyoto, uh, Kyoto and switch chain trains there. Uh, they are not very forgiving when it comes to um, getting on the train. You have about 30 seconds to get on and off. But the train, that, quick in and out. <laughs> the train that I got to take was Hello Kitty. It, Aww, it, oh, had, cool. it had Hello Kitty on the outside, the hair, like the headrest um pad was hello kitty 
the doors between trains at Hello Kitty. Um, it was <laughs> it was so cool. I was giddy, as you might imagine. Um, but everything is so organized. Um, it's it's just such an impressive cultural experience between the heritage and the culture and then that whole Nat Geo photographer aspect, getting information. There were three different seminars with Mish and and that was just like the formal stuff. That doesn't even include just walking along. Hey, Mish, how do I get a good picture of this? Or she'll say, okay, so here's a landscape. This is what you want to do here. Make sure you get framing or, you know, you can uh, change the exposure here, different things. Um, you know, doing long exposure on a waterfall, just simple things like that to give it that uh, frosty look. So that, as best as I can, sums up my trip to Japan. Very good. Thank you for taking us along. Yeah. Cool. I'm going to have to make all the pixies listen to this podcast because <laughs> <laughs> I need to review the trip with them and let them know what we did. And this is the easiest way to do it. That's for sure. There you go. I just updated that you was on good. Japan. Did I keep it down as well as you would have liked me to? That was pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> so Sharpie, if you're going to go. Achiever, Sharpie. That's, that's high, high remarks. Sharpie, you're going to go to South Japan sometime? Oh, absolutely. I, I, I can't wait to go back. Yeah, it looks, it sounds amazing. Well, and I told Amber that I don't think she needs to go. Um, and that's based on the food. But she can bring protein bars or, you know, freeze-dried chicken nuggets. We can make it work. Mm. <laughs> or gotta, she could actually try the food. Amber would try the food. Yeah, Amber would try Brooke it. Brooke would hesitate. You'd have to, yeah, you got to be adventurous. But um, it's, it's truly a trip of a lifetime. And it's hard going without your family because some people did have their spouses with them. Um, and they get to share this opportunity, but there's no way, Steve, and I can travel on a trip like this. Um, leave the kids, leave work. So, yeah. It's a long trip. It is a long trip. For what really ultimately amounts to about 13 days. Yeah, by the time you travel and everything. Yeah. Yep. Well, and I was trying to be... Um, Kristen and Steve both get on me on this. Um that you need to force yourself into the time change. And so my flight ended up, um, I left at, it, it was about 17, 19, so 15, 16, 17, 18, about 19 or 20 hours, including connections, um, layover time. And I was supposed to arrive at like 8 p.m., maybe 9 p.m., and so I knew that when I got there, if I was wide awake, it'd be weird and I'd never get on schedule. So I stayed awake for all that flight time. Um, okay, truth be told, I did sleep going from, I connected in Seoul, Korea. So I did sleep from Seoul to Osaka and that was about an hour and a half or two hours. Um, but I was ready to sleep when I got to the hotel and I did sleep. That's good. And... Um, and I did the same thing on the way back, uh, got home around eight o'clock, went to bed last night or the night before, um, yeah, like around, oh. well, it was 10 o'clock, um, and forced myself and 
I was fine yesterday. Today I did have a little struggle. Um, but I, I have more travel tomorrow morning. So as soon as we get off, I get to go upstairs, pack, and I'm going on Virgin Voyages starting tomorrow. So we'll have a review on Virgin Voyages when I get back. Awesome. But you'll have time to rest and relax. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, I will make time to rest and relax because um, Virgin is a very jumping ship. And, uh, you know, we've got agents going. This is a, a learning experience for all of us so that we can better sell the product and represent it. And um, so I'm going to have to find a happy balance. Make use of the hammock, Lisa. Make I use of the know. hammock. Um, so yeah. a little order room service. Yeah. Get like a get get a hot tea or a coffee service to yeah. your room. That sounds lovely. Do a, do a little bit of like in-room spa treatment. Come on, Lisa. Yep. I might even do out-of-room spa treatment. Mm-hmm. Or or just go to the spa. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. I could do that. I I might actually really enjoy that. Um, I did. Okay. I did skip this part. So the one night, uh, we did get, we had arrived at the hotel at four fifty, and we had dinner at six o'clock and I asked them at the front desk, do you have any spa appointments available for right now? And they said, yes. And so I dropped off my stuff in the room, trotted on down to the spa and, um, and got a, 50 minute or one hour massage. I said, I need to be out by six. And on the little form, they always ask about, you know, allergic to anything, what hurts. And I said, you know, my neck hurts. Um, and one, two, three, four, five, what kind of pressure do you want? One being really soft and five being firm and hard. And I'm thinking, okay, it's an Asian massage being very stereotypical I'm like it's going to be pretty hard and um so I I kind of chose 3.5 so a little bit hard and the lady starts and she's spreading the oil out nice and gently so it's like a one and I didn't say anything cuz she's spreading out the oil but then she goes to like a 1.5 and in my opinion on my my pressure scale she did not go past a two at any point in the massage. And I kept waiting. I'm like, maybe she's going to build up the pressure. And she did not. Um, she did build up the pressure on my neck. I do have to give her that. Um, but that only went to like a three. Um, it was relaxing, but it was not at all what I expected. And, you know, a couple of the people were asking, why didn't you say something? I said, well, I wanted an authentic Japanese massage. But it it wasn't the best. It was relaxing. Um, tax and tip was included, so that was helpful. Um, and I think in the end, for an hour, it was $160. So I didn't think that was terrible. 160 US. Yeah, that's that's pretty decent for a, a, a resort massage. Yeah. I mean you'd pay that in the States. Yeah. yeah. Yep. All right, so. That is it on um, on Japan. Arigato. Um, so I would like to thank Pixie Vacations for sponsoring the podcast. If you have comments or questions for us, you can write to us at comments at mousechat.net. Go check out um, my Facebook page. Again, it's Lisa Griswold. You'll see me. Um, 
kind of brown blonde hair with a red shirt. Um, and also we've got some photos posted over at the Mouse Chat fan community. Yep. And if you have any questions about it, I'd be happy to answer them. Please don't be mean to me. And um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. And please join us again next time on Mouse Chat.